while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. Uh, joining me in the second hour is Bristol County Sheriff Paul Harreau. Hey, Sheriff, how you doing? Hey, Marcus. Thanks for having me back on. Absolutely. So, Sheriff, before we get into the incident that happened on Friday, mm-hmm. um, I've been getting some questions, uh, just uh, some people texting me, uh, some uh, call into the station earlier, uh, earlier, I think maybe some calls throughout the day. Um, about the program that was started under your predecessor, Sheriff Hodgson. I mean, I know there's a few programs that you are um, either moving somewhere else or, or, or cutting altogether. Um, but this particular program, Project Lifesaver, uh, is essentially like a GPS location bracelet program for individuals with disabilities, people with Alzheimer's, people who are known to wa- uh, people who are known to wander. Uh, there's been some vocal concern about that program ending. Um, and I just wanted to give you uh, an opportunity to address that here with the audience. Um, it, yeah, it's an important program, but it doesn't have anything to do with running a jail, so I'm not going to do it. And I campaigned on um, this approach to corrections and running a jail where I said if, it, if it's not supporting the mission of a jail, I'm not going to really make that one of my priorities. Um, that's somebody else's job. You know, disability issues is not the job of a sheriff. That's the job of, like, ARC, for example, you know, or, you know, the um, Attleboro Enterprise Institute, you know, like that's something we have up here. Um, that's beyond the scope of corrections. And our jail is in desperate need of resources. I've already identified close to $2 million in jobs that had nothing to do with running a jail. And I'm re-diverting those resources back inside the jail. And by that, I mean the $2 million. I haven't saved us $2 million. I've re-allocated um, uh, like it to jail operations. So one of the people who are overseeing this program that you're talking about is now going to be working um, in internal affairs you know, doing background checks. And so, you know, we have, uh, like I said, the jail has been starving for resources, uh, you know, for a long time. Um, I don't want to spread us too thin. I think, you know, we have a very specific mission and I'm going to um, you know, basically focus on that mission of, of you know, corrections. Um, if at some point in the future, you know, the, uh, you know, we're in such a great shape with the jail, then, um, you know, maybe I can entertain things outside the jail. But the fact is, you know, the jail, when, when I inherited it, it was not where I wanted to be, not by a long shot. I, there's, there's, you know, the, there are things that I want to do with the jail, um, that are different than my predecessor. And, you know, these are things that, um, I think are going to make it a better system. But the, you know, sheriffs across the Commonwealth, you know, they and across the country, sometimes they participate in programs, they host programs that don't really have anything to do with their core function. And that's OK. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, that that's 
as a politician, that's your your prerogative. You have the right to do that. And, you know, I'm not saying it's wrong, but when it's well beyond the scope of running a jail, which is what I campaigned on, I campaigned on running a jail. I just, I just don't want to spread myself too thin like that. So I know I know this Project Lifesaver is done by um, public safety agencies. So essentially, I mean, the people in Bristol County that may utilize this program, um, I mean, would you encourage them to try to go to their local police departments to see if they become a Project Lifesaver partner? Um, yeah, that or the, um, you know, ARC of Bristol County. They are, you know, throughout uh, Bristol County, uh, Attleboro Enterprise up here, um, you know, in the northern part of the county. Uh, you know, it is, you know, the state has like the executive office that has a, you know, um, you know, there's one uh, executive office dedicated to, uh, you know, people with intellectual dis- disabilities. So there are plenty yeah, of other, was that DDS? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so there's plenty of other entities better equipped and better suited to do this. I have to run a jail. I have a jail that is not where I want it to be. Um, you know, we have employees who are spread too thin. There, you know, there's redundant positions. There, you know, it, it's just I got plenty of work cut out for me, and I need to direct those resources back into the jail. Um, you know, to, to run a better jail. Once we get that up and running the way it should be, then maybe we can, you know, talk about these outside programs. And, and a lot of these programs are very popular with the public. They are, um, and you know, for good reason. You know, and a lot of uh, a lot of folks, you know, a lot of other sheriffs, they like to do these things because they they gain favor with the, with the um, the public. But it's was well beyond the, the scope of running a jail. And I, like I said, it, it's, it, they have every right to do these programs, just like my predecessor did. It's not wrong to do these programs. I have a different, more narrow focus on just running a jail, and that's what I campaigned on. That's what I'm doing. So we're speaking with Bristol County Sheriff Paul Harrow. I'd like to move on to uh, your media availability on Monday. I wasn't able to make it at the day off, but I wanted to, uh, you know, have give you an opportunity to talk to the audience uh, about um, what was addressed at that uh, availability yesterday. What was sort of the purpose of it? We wanted to show the pictures of uh, the uh, housing unit that was destroyed by uh, the inmates on Friday morning. I wanted to give people an update on some of the things we had learned since, and I've actually even learned more information since. And unfortunately, Marcus, some of the information I'm going to tell you right now is not stuff that I'm revealing for the first time, even though I learned <laughs> it today. I've actually t- I've t- spoken with a couple other reporters today about different things. Yeah. Um, so let me tell you some stats, though, about the, the population, the inmates. Um, and, and by the way, I want to also be very clear about something. Not all inmates are this destructive. It, it, truly. Yeah. You have some inmates who are in there um, who have like addiction issues, and they got caught up in the system, and they're going to do their time, and they're never going to come back. Yeah. You know, so I don't want people to think that all inmates are you know the same because inmates are diverse. They've all done something wrong, you know, for, you know, except the people who are waiting or, trial or been accused of doing something wrong. Yeah, right. Well, just saying that, yeah, exactly. Yeah. People are accused, uh, you know, waiting trial, but then they're released. You know, because they were found not guilty. So, you know, but they, um, you know, they're not a monolithic group. Sure. So having said that, there were 20 agitators, three in one housing unit and 17 in another. These 20 agitators, I asked classification to give me some information about them. I said, how many have been here before? 75%. So 
So that's a very high number. Um, 75% of these folks have been here at least once. Only five of the 20 people were here for the first time. But those, some of those five, it's possible they might have been somewhere, like locked up somewhere else. Um, now, what are the charges they were in on? They were all awaiting trial. But 75% had a history of, uh, you know, incarceration, uh, you know, and, but three of them were on murder charges, nine assault and battery. Some of those assault and battery were with a deadly weapon. Three of them were in on, um, now just to be, just to, I just want to yeah. clarify something because you say yeah. murder charges. Um, mm-hmm. they're awaiting trial on murder because you as a, as a county jail don't send, uh, don't hold people that are, be, that have been sentenced for murder. That is the state, uh, prison system. So you okay. have people that are awaiting trial on murder charges, not people who are convicted murderers. That's correct. That's, okay. that's a good point. All of these 17 are awaiting, I'm sorry, all of these 20 are awaiting trial, mm-hmm. but 75% of these 20, which is 15 people, yeah. have, serve time before for other crimes sure so but yeah so all of these people are waiting these are the charges they're awaiting trial right now so three of them were awaiting trial for uh, weapons charges like a firearms charge specifically mm-hmm. one on fentanyl one on distribution of cocaine so these were a very tough group of inmates and this particular housing unit is one of you know the housing units uh, in fact one of the ringleaders of this group I've I've seen the video of him stab somebody 20 times while in GB back in December before I got there in another fight. So th- this was a tough – he was one of the main ringleaders. I think he was one of the two main ringleaders. So he actually stabbed somebody up and down their left side of their body 20 times. He stabbed times somebody in the, in the Bristol – back in December, right. he yes, stabbed somebody right. in the Bristol County House of Correction? 20 times, at least 20 times. I saw it myself on the video. I saw it back in January when it, I was in – special investigation unit this morning they said yeah this you remember when you were here in january this is the same guy i was like that's his oh. i was like oh my gosh this guy's a menace so he was actually in administrative and, and that's what he's being await that's what he's awaiting trial for no no he is actually waiting trial for crimes he did outside the jail and then he came inside the jail and he did crimes inside the jail stabbing somebody 20 times and then he in, you know basically was involved with this uh, destruction of property okay. on friday so th- this is just a really troubled person he's you know, I, I shouldn't go too far into describing. I get and, it. Yeah, but you know how that works. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's something that, you know, like I had said previously, most of these folks are recidivists, and that's something I had heard. And I said, give me the exact number, and the exact number is 75%, which okay. is very high. And they're all, to your, to, to your point, they're all awaiting trial, but they've all served time in the past for other crimes. So sure. This is a really, this was a tough group of um, inmates. And, you know, but, you know, having said that, I didn't treat them any different than I would anyone else. This is a tough group of inmates. They had a lot of weapons. I mean, you, you can see the weapons in the videos. There was a lot of weapons. One of the comments I've seen uh, repeated on Facebook, and I read some of the comments sometimes, is have the inmates clean this up. The inmates should clean that up. We shouldn't pay a dime to clean that up. No, you can't have the inmates clean that up. You want to know why you can't have the inmates clean that up? Number one, it's a crime scene. Yeah. Okay? And number two, there are weapons all over the place. Yeah. There are weapons everywhere. And so we can't send the inmates in to clean. Because you know what's going to happen? They're going to find the weapons, and they're going to slip them down their pants or something and bring it back to their new housing unit. So sorry, folks. I mean, a lot of people like the tough guy approach. And say, yeah, I just stick it, just screw them. You know, it doesn't work like that. you got to be a lot more uh, professional about this. 
And so, yeah, it's, it's just, you know, there's, there's a lot that goes on in jail that a lot of people don't understand. So we're speaking with Bristol County Sheriff Paul Haro. Um, so with respect to the incident, those 20 people, like you said, 75% of them have been there before. They're being held on, they're being awaiting trial on serious charges such as murder, assault and battery with deadly weapon, mm-hmm. apparently some fentanyl, uh, fentanyl distribution or trafficking charges. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are all pretty, those are all some pretty serious stuff. Uh, some of those carry some hefty mandatory minimum sentence, uh, sentences. But, um, so, uh, where are the, how long is it going to take to reno- to 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 bring those units back up to livable conditions? Uh, probably close to two years, but not because of what happened. The reason it's going to take probably one to two years, you know, two years at most, it is not because of what just happened. It's because of the other planned renovations that we had. Right. It was because we were going to uh, change out the beds, which is a you know it's a big task, but it's not you know it's not a. Uh, you know, like a two-year project. But the bigger project is the um, adding of toilets to cells and then putting locks on doors. Um, sure. Hey, you know what? I will tell you something. I will give you something new that I, I – uh, uh, do you like it when I break news on your um, radio it. station? You love it. The uh, governor's chief of staff reached out to me mm-hmm. um, around 5.30 today and said, hey, uh, Paul, we got some good news for you. The um, – $14 million, 14 or $16 million, I forgot the exact number. You see the $14 or $16 million roof project, because you, we have leaky roofs in the modular units. Um, the, the governor has agreed to have A&F, Administration and Finance, fully fund that. That's awesome. That's, That's great. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, that is. Hopefully they don't hold that against us and say, well, you know, we just funded this. So we not, we're not going to give you new toilets and doors and locks on doors. Hopefully they don't <laughs> think like that. Because, uh, you know, but I think when we approached the governor's office probably about a month ago, and I requested this money, you know, through DCAM and administration and finance. Um, you know, we basically said, look, this is water damage. The longer you wait, the more expensive it gets. And they, right. they understand that. They, they run hundreds of government buildings throughout the state. And they said, yes, we do not wait on water damage. Um, this has been going on for years, though. This isn't new water damage. This has been water damage that's been a problem for a long time. And I, I you know, the next question is why was it addressed before? I, I don't know the answer to that. I'm not going to speculate. So we're speaking with Bristol County Sheriff Paul Harrell. So yeah, so in two years, so that those were the units you were going to. I mean, it's still going to, you know, obviously it's some added expenses because of the uh, the damage, but those were units you weren't going to have occupied for a couple of years anyway because that's correct. The, that's the, these, whole, the whole point of the move. In these two units, when we put toilets and cells and locks on these doors, once we do that, we can close Ash Street. You know, we also have to come up with a system for the regional lockups, but that's a, that's a low hanging fruit compared to this other issue. You know, we're, we have a much simpler plan for that, and it's, you know, that'll be easy. But yeah, once we do that, we'll be able to close Ash Street. And why, you know, so, you know, to my conservative critics out there, oh, why do you want to close Ash Street? Why? Because it's your tax dollars basically being wasted. Because that's 200,000 square feet of maintenance we have to keep up with, 200,000 square feet of utilities. It's, you know, uh, correctional officers who, if they were actually on our campus the other day, on Friday, they could have um, arguably helped out with the situation we had, you know, the the, um, uprising. And... um, you know, there was, and that's actually, I called it an uprising. I, I don't, call, I've been getting a lot of crap for this too. I don't call it a riot. It's just, if other people want to call it a riot, they can go ahead and call it a riot. Well, can you, can you tell us why? Because yeah. uh, I know we, we had an article calling it a, calling it a riot. It's been called yeah, exactly. by some of our on-air personalities a riot. Um, yeah, I don't, 
Okay, first of all, it was okay. You want to know what a riot looks like? Back in two thousand one, the Easter riot. That's a riot. Okay, yeah. that was a true riot. We had people getting hurt, way more property damage, so much more property damage. A, a million dollars, um, actually. A million dollars yeah. in two thousand one dollars, which is a lot more money today. If you would count for inflation, yeah. if you want. So when you say a million dollars, that's uh, you know I don't know it, what. Yeah, that twenty is. years ago. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 20, yeah. Exactly. If that was same exact thing happened now, it would be a lot more than a million dollars because of inflation. Right. So that was a true riot. The ICE incident with Tom Hodgson back in, you know, the uh, May of 2020, and in the Easter riot happened under my predecessor as well. And I'm not blaming him for that. I'm, uh, no, it's, the, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. The ICE incident, um, you know, I have, I have a lot of different feelings about that. I also don't think that was a riot. I've seen the video. I've seen, I've watched all 30 videos of the incident, and it wasn't a riot. They, there was some destruction of property. But when you see the behavior of the detainees, it wasn't riot-like behavior. And when these videos are finally released, we have to do it, you know, the criminal investigation going on. We can't release videos with, you know, defendants, as you know, your defense attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when people see their behavior, they're going to say, oh, yeah, they're not rioting. They're sticking to stand around, scratching the butt, picking their nose. You know, they're just, you know, they, they broke. There was a handful of people that were really destructive and we we know exactly who they were but you know they the behavior doesn't look like riot behavior and it was also not that now let me be clear it could have become a riot it could have become a hostage situation it was very close the at 9 34 a.m in 45 seconds that's how closely i watched the video this morning several times i watched the co's um, respond to, um, you know, things, you know, uh, like, uh, like what was going on at the time. And they, I watched them on the video, hit the red kill switch, killing the control box and, you know, then backing out and locking the door behind them, uh, so that, you know, this, the inmates were contained in that housing unit. So the behavior they were doing, they were, they were being destructive, but it, they were contained, you know, and, one of the other big criticisms I've, I've been on the receiving end is you should have gone in sooner. No, we shouldn't. If we went in sooner, people would have gotten hurt on both sides. You know, that, that's a fact. And if we had gone in with the dogs, people would have still well, gotten well, so, hurt. So that's what I actually wanted to ask you next is because I saw one of our old reporters who's now at WBZ, but Timmy Dunn, I saw him tweet out that um, that the share uh, that um, – your predecessor, Sheriff Hodgson, had actually criticized you for not uh, using the dogs and said it would have been over sooner if you had used the dogs. Um, and I didn't know if you wanted an opportunity to respond to that. Well, he wasn't there. He doesn't know the conditions. And, you know, he, you know, if people wanted the Bristol County Sheriff's Office to be operated the way that he advocated, they would have reelected him. But that's not what the people want. The people don't want that. Okay. And post-George Floyd, everything is different. And for people who haven't caught on to that yet, they're going to end up with lawsuits and they're going to be left behind. In fact, you know, the way that the ICE detention um, center was handled in May of 2020, Sheriff Hodgson's being sued for $10 million for that right now. You know, it, it's, um, you know, the, in fact, well, the, well so let's, I, I actually, so with the, with respect to the ICE thing, cause you were on, you came on with me and we talked about it and you were, you were p- pretty critical of Sheriff Hodgson. Hodgson's handling of the situation mm-hmm. and then a few days later the, like 
literally like a few days later, this this incident happens, and it seems to be not identical lease, identical circumstances, but fairly close. I mean, you wanted people that there was a, a want for inmates or detainees to relocate, a refusal to do so, and that resulted in um, a conflict. Uh, so. Is there any of that criticism that you'd withdraw uh, after, or do you think that's, um, you know, more or less what you said was pretty accurate? No, I, I keep, you know, it, these are two different situations because those are ICE detainees, and we were, the idea was to move those ICE detainees to the medical unit from the ICE center to the Dartmouth campus rather than having the nurses go to them. Um, you know, I know the COVID protocols and guidelines just as well as any other administrator because I was mayor at the time, and we all were being subjected to the exact same DPH guidelines. We were. That's just how it was, you know. So I know the guidelines. There were ways to address that situation that I would have done differently. The fact is people went to the hospital under the way things were done previously. The fact is nobody went to the hospital with me, okay, because I – if I had sent in the dogs, now we could have, first of all, the, the housing unit was trashed in the first hour. And, you know, that was, um, you know, it, it got trashed really quickly. We know that. We have the camera footage of it. We saw it happen. Sure. So, you know, the, the fact that it was six hours was um, out of what we were trying to do is say, everybody, go back to your cells or just get down on the, on you know, the ground. I was saying go back to your cells, you know, um, and just go back to your cells. We're going to come in. We're going to, you know, re, you know, gain control of the housing unit. And they didn't want to cooperate with that. Sure. Okay, fine. Didn't think they were going to. So we, during the time we were talking, I was talking to them through, you know, um, you know, intermediaries. They, um, you know, I, I, I stressed, keep telling them we don't want anybody to get hurt. I mean, they had already done all the damage to the place before I even got there. I mean, with the exception of a handful of cameras, you know, by the time I arrived, the, most of the damage was already done. Sure. I, I, the damage happened so quickly. So, you know, there's always, oh, it lasted six hours. You get gone in there right away. No, they did, they damaged it right away. That was over really quickly. So, you know, but during that time of me telling them, you know, through lieutenant, through uh, colonel, and through captains, you know, a major, me telling them that we don't want anybody to get hurt. You know, we, we re, re, reiterated that over and over again. We didn't have the dogs barking outside. And so when during that time, we were waiting for the others to arrive, you know, the, the DOC and the five other jails. And they trickled in. They trickled in. Now, we could have taken it back in, you know, probably an hour. We could have. But it would have come at a cost. People would have gotten hurt. That we would have sent. We wouldn't. We would only sent in about twenty people in uh, protective gear uh, against seventy five. Even with the dogs. Now the amount of weapons they had in there was pretty high. There were a lot of weapons. They were breaking things. They and they did this right away because what I don't think people realize is this was planned the night before when the um, no. Yeah, that's so. Yeah. It was planned the night before. Okay. Saturday, sorry, not Saturday morning. Friday morning, uh, the security <clears throat> staff that were there noticed that the uh, inmates had already put their shoes on. Inmates who normally sleep in were awake with the shoes on. They were ready to fight. And so, you know, they, this this was already planned. And we we have this, the special investigation unit has the camera footage. They have the, the you know their sources that told them, they say, yes, they were planning this the night before because you had a handful of agitators, really bad actors, who were, you know, really instigating the situation. That's why we sent them to a different county. 
So we're speaking with Bristol County Sheriff Paul Harrell. Um, so that yeah, so those agitators are all in um, in different county jails. Uh, is there anything else with respect to the incident that we hadn't covered? You know, the the thing I want the public to know is that waiting kept people from getting hurt. It did. Okay, so waiting did not prevent property damage. The property was already damaged. Like, that happened almost immediately. Yeah. When we showed up with 120 people outside their you know, win- windows, like outside the housing unit window, because they could see us. You know, they, they, when they saw that, after they had heard for the last, um, you know, several hours, you know, from me, we don't want anybody to get hurt. When they when you, they saw the force that we had amassed from the five other jails and the DOC, and when they they basically said we're not fighting back. So and when the, when we went in there, nobody got hurt. They submitted right away because they knew there was no chance at winning. If we did what other people said, send in the dogs, send in twenty people right away, people would have gotten hurt. We, you know, they would have been able to fight back. And then. All of that video footage is going to be made public at some point, just like the ice was. So with the video footage that I have, it's going to be basically of them being destructive and us going in there and, you know, using great restraint with a lot with very large numbers and nobody getting hurt, which is completely different than the way things have been done in the past. You know, and so, you know, and this, by the way, is not unique to us, like there's one, you know, one of the criticisms I'm seeing is, oh, you know, he had to, he lost control of the jail. He had to call the backup. We all do this for each other. We all help each other out. There's been times where even under Tom, I believe, um, Bristol County went to other jails to help them out. It's what we do. You know, so we, we, we give what's called mutual aid. When I was mayor of Attleboro, we'd send police to back, give backup in other counties or yeah. other, counties, other towns, especially the fire department. Fire department does it all the time. It's what we do. We help each other out. Um, you know, so, you know, all those criticisms, those are just those are just the haters. They don't know what they're talking <laughs> about. Um, they, they, they're idiots. They're just, they hate me anyway. They didn't vote for me anyway. Oh, I lost control of the jail. No, I didn't lose control of the jail. You know, you know it was, like I said, yeah. it was a very dangerous situation. It could have gotten a lot worse, the- but it didn't because we exercised um, discretion. We exercised patience. We built up, you know, we tried to de-escalate it. And when sufficient numbers arrived, we went in. They saw how, what there was. They, saw, they recognized even with their weapons, there was no way they were going to beat us. And even even if I had sent in 20 COs, um, you know, with with tactical gear and the dogs, with the number of weapons they had going in at 70 people, we were people were going to get hurt. Yeah. And that's what we avoided. And you know, like I, I, I hope that people understand that nobody got hurt because of the way we managed it. So Bristol County Sheriff Paul Haro. Um I appreciate you joining me. Uh, I guess one thing I did want to ask, you said there's going to be footage released just like the ICE incident and there'll be an after action report. Um, do we have a timetable as to when that's going to be released? You know, it took three years for the video to be released of the ICE incident. And I don't even know if any video was ever released of the 20, the 2001 incident, the Easter riot that happened in Bristol County. Well, I think technology's advanced quite a bit since then. Right? Yeah. I, you know, so I don't even, I don't even know about that. But I mean, that was, there was a hostage in that place. People went to the hospital. That was, that was a, that was a true riot. And, um, you know, but to answer your question, I don't know. There has the the footage has people's faces on it. That those people were committing crimes. That now has to all be entered as into evidence to the district attorney, so that we prosecute right. these people. 
Um, and I, I just don't know what the timeline is going to be, you know, but like, I hope that the public sees that me releasing these still photos, you know, the, the very next business day is evidence that I want to produce, um, and be transparent and produce images as soon as possible. And as soon as we can release the videos, and like I said, when people see it, you'll see a handful of people destroying stuff, but everybody else is kind of just standing around, you know, standing around, scratching their nose, picking their butt. You know, that's what I say. Like they're just, they're just, they're not really, they're not rioting. You know, they're just, they're just watching it happen. But there were a handful of people who were engaged in really destructive behavior, but they weren't violent. Bristol County Sheriff Paul Haro, I appreciate you joining us this evening. Is there anything else you want to leave the audience with before I let you go? You know, on a situation like this, um, to leave the audience, don't continue to stir the pot. You know, be happy that nobody was hurt and that, you know, ultimately my management of the situation led to nobody getting hurt. You know, it, the, the, I'm not worried about the property damage. We're going to prosecute for that. But we did everything right, and nobody got hurt, and that was the bottom line. Thanks for joining us this evening. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks, Marcus. Take care. All right, so we got to um, we see some calls on the line. Got some app chat messages. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. This is South Coast tonight. Hey, welcome back to the show. That was Bristol County Sheriff Paul Haro. We see some calls on the line. We're going to get to them right now. Good evening. You're live. Hey, how's it going, Marcus? Good. How you doing, um, Carlos? Pretty good. Um, you know, uh, I'm an independent voter. So uh, it, to me, it doesn't matter if, if there's a D or an R. I go by the person and. You know, a few years back, um, you know, I, I was in Boston during what I thought was a riot, okay? Uh, but when I got home, you know, you know, you know what I do for a living and all that. Sure. When I got home and I'm listening to most of the uh, 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 news discussing it, they, they, they really didn't acknowledge it as a riot. So I lost a little bit of trust in, in, in these news organizations. Now, uh, Mr. Hero is talking about this incident, and he's insisting it's not a riot, but yet he's talking, and uh, I'm just trying to understand. I'm not trying to ridicule him or anything, but I'm trying to understand because at the same, uh, in the same breath, he's telling us that they had major amount of, uh, uh, of weapons that they fabricated and grabbed and made and whatever, and, uh, uh, you know, some of them, uh, you know, had some, a rap sheet that were an arm's length, and they've been through this before and all that. So, you know, and then on the other note, he's saying they're just scratching their butts and hanging around and just... Well, he's uh, saying you know. that most of them were. There was about 20 people that were agitating. There's like 130-some-odd people between the two right. units, I think. Right. But, uh, you know, uh, that, that you know, if we go percentage-wise, you know, uh, that's that's a good amount of people. And I just want to know, what 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 is the guy? I mean, what... what what makes it a riot or not? You know what I mean. Where, yeah. where, where does it, where does where does the line get drawn? You know what I mean. Because, um, you know, the damage looks significant. I mean, I'm you know I know there's dollar amounts, and you can compare it to other events that's taken place in the past. Um, but I'm I'm just uh, I just hope that that everything is. Uh, 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 you know, I, I want to see the video. I think I, mean, I, th I think I think I think where you're saying that there's there isn't a riot is that there's no personal violence. Like there's violence done, I suppose, in a way to property. There's destruction destruction done to property, but in terms of violence from one person to another, there wasn't really any of that. 
So that right. that that I think is is why he's saying it's not a riot. Whereas like an in, a, a situation where someone's taken hostage, like they have been before at the House of Correction, well, I, you know, stuff well, like that so would probably matter, be more of a riot. It's, it's his opinion that it wasn't a riot. Yeah, yeah I mean. I think I I think so. I think it's just a matter of I I think it's just a matter of how you want to, you know, your the riot. You know, just a just a right. Google definition of it is a violent disturbance of the peace by a crowd. Right. Um, so uh, exactly. So I you know you know. So, so is it violent? Is it <laughs> you know? I guess what's the definition of violence? I mean, you, you, we can go deeper into the rabbit hole here. What's the definition right. of violence? Right. right? Uh, behavior um, including physical force intended to hurt, damage, kill someone or something, which is an object. So, so I, I think. But if it's a riot, right? It, when you state it as a riot, it demands a certain type of response. Now, if you're coming out and saying, "Oh, they're just scratching their butts and and this and that," then that's a whole different response. I get what he's saying, but if yeah. something wants to turn sideways, that you know that, I mean. Where do you draw the line? I mean, you have to prepare for the worst. You can't come in and say, hey, you know, there's 20 of them scratching their butts uh, and 20 of them have deadly weapons that, that can uh, uh, basically, uh, you know, be used to, to hurt someone badly. I mean, I think they have to go in expecting the worst. You know, you can't go in there thinking... Uh, you know, we have to be polite to these people for whatever reason. I mean, I, I just no. I, I think it was and, and show listen, force, I've been but there before. I'm not an angel. <laughs> yeah, right. No, you know I, what I mean. So. I, I think it's show force, but not use it. Uh, I think was the was the strategy. I think they did show. They clearly showed force. I mean, I was there. Uh, there were a lot of there were a lot of vehicles there. There were some pictures of the, the amount of people. That, the, the mentality of and like you said, a lot of them are still there. They're not guilty. They're still innocent until proven guilty. Mm-hmm. But the mentality and I and I grew up in the in New Bedford, in the South, and around a lot of different individuals. And I'm telling you right now, the mentality of these type of people is the stronger person is the one that wins. They respect strength. They are going to manipulate you and think of you as less of a person if you're considered weak. And they will always try to manipulate you, you know? Just like what's going on with Biden, you know? And, and when Trump was in office, two different things, you know what I mean? And and the perception of weakness, you know what I mean? I don't, anyway, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't... Like, this has happened before under previous... Sheriff, so I, I don't know if it was a particular but I've never personality heard a thing. Come out and make excuses for for the people perpetrating the riot. You know, what I, I, mean? I, I don't think I, I don't think it was excuses. It I, I don't think he made excuses. He, he said, you know, he listed the the crimes that they were being charged with, which were serious. Well, all crimes. I know is if I was going to court, I would be ha- using the recording, uh, stating that it wasn't a riot. Well, Your Honor, you know my client wasn't well, involved the, in the, the riot. Well, the 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 riot isn't the, it wouldn't matter because the the it's the they'll probably be charged with like malicious destruction of property, and there's no element that requires rioting in there, so it wouldn't really matter. You can play the recording and try to downplay yeah, maybe, it, but the maybe, matter is if you no right? if you're if you're you know if you're on tape and you're doing something destructive uh, to right. something or someone, it doesn't matter what uh, you know the the a particular elected but official it, says I about it. I could have sworn he said they were planning this thing. He he said some people did, yeah. He said that some people did. That they're, sounds they're, dangerous. <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, listen, yeah. 
you know, if I was living in there doing time, uh, and you got caught up in this, I mean, this this can be a, uh, a kill or be killed situation. Well, luckily, no one was uh, no one was harmed. So, Carlos, I appreciate you know, the call. We've got some other calls right, on the line. You as well. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Hello. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Good. Good, Marcus. Marcus, okay. I, I, my, my number one question is, I, I feel like the sheriff, the new sheriff, has taken a victory lap here, and I'm having a struggle with that, you know? Um, I don't know if it's a victory lap. I think he just wants to sort of I, – I think there's probably a perception that people will, will have, and I think he's trying to dispel that perception um, that, you know, it was a situation in which a lot of people could have been hurt, but they weren't hurt, and he said it's due to the response no. that they've had. Oh, I, and I, I do get that, but you know what? He's been the sheriff for less than – I believe it's three months, um, and – you know, my question is, I know he goes back on Sheriff Hodson. I get that. I totally understand that. Yeah. But, you know, Sheriff Hodson was in that seat for 25 years. And I just, I struggle with uh, where this sheriff is going. I'd love to see WBSM. I know he uses WBSM as sort of a, like a catapult, uh, you know, a, a, to, to get to his audience. But yeah, any, any, any w- good politician does. No, I get it. I get it. But could WBSM put out a one-hour Q&A with the new sheriff? That's that's my question. Yeah, I've been wanting to organize that, um, and we'll do it. Uh, it's just, just a matter just of what. Allow, allow the people, because he says he serves the people of Bristol County. Yeah, I we'll get do it. it. Sheriff Hodson said it, too. But, you know, I'd, he, I'd love to see it. He was very, during the campaign, very available to take questions from the audience and all that. I'm sure if I reached out, I don't want to speak for him, but I'm sure it's something we can accommodate at some point. I'm not saying that, but he's in a hot seat now. I'd love to see a one-hour Q&A with the sheriff. Yeah, you know, it's just a matter of, again, you know, trying to get find the time, get somebody in the seat and all that. I know we've talked, I've talked to, you know, about doing some in-studio stuff. Um, if... If and when he's able to, I'd, I'd love to do it, and I'm sure he'd I'm sure he'd be willing to I'm sure he'd be willing to do it. He he did it he did it a, a ton during the campaign, so I'm sure he'd be willing to do it again. Thank you, Mike. No problem. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. We got some app chats. I'll I'll read them in a minute. I got to take a break. We'll be right back. Fourteen twenty WBSM New Bedford's News Talk Station. You never know who will call in the South Coast tonight. But they want to hear from you most of all. Call 508-996-0500. Or use the WBSM app to send an app chat text message or leave voicemail. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus. We got some app chat messages here. Um, Laura from Attleboro. Why are the dangerous inmates in a cell block that didn't have locks on doors? Um, I, You know, I, I, I probably can ask that question next time. Um, I think that's probably just typically what's always been the case. But I, I just don't, I just don't know the exact protocols behind that. My understanding is, you know, um, uh, I mean, t- typically you, you're either in the general population. I know, I know in the 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 House of Correction, there's greens and tans. I think greens are the people that have been awaiting trial, and tans are the people that have been committed, have been sentenced. Um, in terms of the specific housing 
like the very specific details on housing. I'd have to get a better answer for that. My understanding, though, is like, you know, you're, you're in a general population until they decide that you have to be in some sort of, you know, eyeball watch or solitary. Um, and I mean, this, there hasn't been an incident in a while, so, uh, I'm just not sure. Uh, honestly, I, I wish I could answer that question. Violence. Yeah. So Paul from New Bedford says violent disturbance of the peace by a crowd, quote unquote, riots broke out of the Capitol. They're just defining uh, the def. That's the definition of riots. Um, that is the, the, the Google definition of riot. So I guess it's just a matter of interpretation, right? Uh, whether or not you want to call it a riot or an incident. What, what the sheriff is saying is that a riot would involve some sort of violent incident on a personal level done by person to person. Here, it's just against property. Um, you can call it what you, it's just a matter of interpretation. Branding, you know, it, I've, I've talked about this for a while. Branding is very important in politics. Branding is essential, right? In any situation. And so, Riot always comes with a sort of, I mean, I don't want to say pejorative because that's very obvious, but like very visceral riot, you know, it, it, it invokes some, some, some type of auto, like trigger or emotion. Like when you, oh, there's a riot, you know, it invokes a certain feeling. And so, you know, I think probably as, as, as a sheriff, you want to avoid that type of branding. And I think there's probably a, a good case to be made for that. Um, but yeah. But if you're an opponent of Sheriff uh, Haro's, you probably want to say riot, 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 riot. Um, again, just a matter of branding. So uh, why can we never ask the sheriff questions? Okay, so here's the deal. I could probably do it if we didn't have this um, useful but very outdated phone. Remember when the phones went down a few weeks ago? And I was here um, screaming into the void uh, for three hours because um, uh, there was no phone system. Um, our engineer, Frank, did a masterful job uh, bringing this old, uh, older model of phone back to life. And the thing is with this phone is I'm going to clue you into how old it is. Some of the numbers here uh, don't even have the area codes because I remember that when I was a kid, um, that numbers for a while just didn't need area codes and so you could just dial the number like to get on you could just dial 9960500 instead of 508-996-0500 right so uh i can't do it on this phone for sure i can't do it on this phone i can't actually hold somebody on the guest line while and then take somebody on the caller line I'm not able to do it, which is unfortunate. So um, that's why I can't, uh, you can't. I will try to set up us or reserve some time for that. I, I think, I can't speak for anybody. I think he'd be amenable to it. He, he was during the campaign. He was after he got elected as well. He came in here for two hours with me to answer your question. So I, I think he'll, if you, if you want to talk to him, we can probably set something up. Again, obviously schedule's a bit more demanding now uh, that he's been elected. So we'll see if we can work that out sometime in the near future. 508-996-0500. Listen, I see you calling the line. I got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. <clears throat> Good evening. Let's go back to the phones. Hey, you're live. Thank you. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I'm a walking dead. It's good to be alive. <laughs> I just wanted to um, 
let you know that I have to agree. It wasn't a riot. It was an insurrection. He said, by definition, it wasn't a riot. So technically, it was an insurrection if you look up the definition of both and compare them. Um, Well, they weren't trying to overthrow the government. (laughs) They weren't trying to... Like the, the the inmates that the started it, they weren't they weren't the going to authority. they weren't going to appoint the the next person you know the they weren't going to appoint the ringleader of this disturbance the new sheriff um, I think I think it's a maybe little maybe they were maybe they were revolting you know, like the guys <laughs> gotta go that would have been exciting that would have been really exciting um, I'm not saying they would have demanded the the previous sheriff back but maybe they would have put one of themselves in charge I don't know yes. it's, it's not in the definition but. Um, yeah, it might be a little fast and loose with the definition of, uh, of, of insurrection, but... but technically, the way he described the course of events, I'm thinking from the two definitions I read word for word, it more closely aligns with insurrection. I wonder if he'll... Um, and one question I would have asked if he was there and, and uh, you know, had time for questions. I'm sure it's pretty pretty busy week right now for him. Mm-hmm. But I wondered when he said... There was all this, you know, damage done, and then boom, they pretty much stopped damaging stuff and, you know, picked their noses and stuff. And yeah, the, like the said. cool, the, there's, yeah, like how quickly did the cool down period come and all of that? So, so yeah. in the chain of events, what my question would be was, he had said on a show, I don't know if it was yours, but at one point when he was calling in shortly after the situation, he said that, that the dogs were deployed. He got there and called the dogs off. My question would be, were the dogs in there after the destruction and then they all settled down? Were the dogs in there before the um, damage was done and when he pulled the dogs out, they created the damage? Like, I would just like to know at what point the dogs were there and at what point the destruction took place. Not to say there's a correlation, but just kind of wondering. Okay. So well, if, if you get them and he doesn't have time for questions,